resurrection story. Uh, Jesus conquered death, Jesus is resurrected, but Jesus is not the only one who's ever been resurrected. This is different, though, if Jesus is resurrected and everybody else is. Jesus told them, I'm going to die and be resurrected. Everybody else died, and lo and behold, they were fortunate enough, if you will, to be resurrected. They were just different than that theological. They had no idea they were going to be resurrected at that time. Jesus told them, I will die and I will be resurrected on the third day. And with that being said, we're in John chapter 12. Begin with the word of prayer. Father God, I thank you on Jesus' name. Oh, how thankful for this uh, word. Lord, I ask you to touch us as we speak to you. Let your word have its way in our hearts, Lord God, that we might have hunger and thirst for your word. We would not learn from you, Lord. We would not learn about you. We would be edified, equipped, and encouraged, and educated, Lord. And I pray that you would take your word. Work in our lives, that whoever we come in contact with, the Lord, be able to reach you. Pray, Father, that you bless those who are out traveling, even those who are joining us online, and I pray, Father God, for those who are in your world tonight. Be blessed with their mother and love and faith, Lord. We remember you, Jesus. Thank you. Very good to see each one of you. And so, with that being said, John chapter 12, let us begin. Starting verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, In six days before the past, is not the resurrection of Lazarus, it is after the resurrection of Lazarus, it's about six days before the next Passover event. It's been some time now since the resurrection of Lazarus. Verse 2, there they made him, Jesus, a supper, and Martha served, for Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with them. And uh, just for a point of contention, because I love bringing this into this parable here, uh, if you were to pick and choose a place in your Christian life, and only a Mary or Martha, who would you be? Who would you be? Please don't answer it out loud, but think about it in your heart tonight. If you have a chance to choose, would I be a Mary or would I be a Martha? Mary being the one who sits at the feet of Jesus, learning about Jesus, or Martha being the one who serves, or Martha being the one who ministers. Which one would you be? Let me tell you something. Both are just as important, and both are just as needed in the kingdom of God. And so, if you were to look at that person's family, though, Mary, Martha, and one of those three, which one would you be? Which one would you be? Would you be the Lazarus? Would you be the Mary? Would you be the Martha? I love the Lazarus aspect, because Lazarus is all about, uh, look what God did in my life. And so Lazarus becomes a very powerful witness, doesn't he? He becomes a very powerful testimony, a testifier about what God did and what God is doing in his life. Mary, on the other hand, has her own testimony, because she's one of those who sits down and learns about God, and she chooses those things that are more valuable. Martha, however, is somebody who testifies to her service, to her love, to her ability to serve, even when nothing else is serving to her. And so, uh, there's an interesting thought there, and incidentally, every church needs one. I'm going to go say it right now. Every church needs a few more Marthas. Every church needs a few more Marthas. People will often say that. I don't want to be a Martha because it's less glamorous. It's less glamorous. glamorous. We all want to be married because we want to sit in the Word. We all want to be Lazarus because Lazaruses have something amazing happen in their life. They can tell everybody about it. They can testify about it. As what you're seeing here in John 12, verses 1 and 2. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Could you imagine the conversation at that table? There's Jesus, the guy who raises dead people, the guy who casts out demons, the guy who heals the sick, the guy who gives hearing back to the deaf, sight back to the blind, the one who makes Roman soldiers uncomfortable, the one who makes the Pharisees and the Sadducees uncomfortable, sitting at the table right next to him is Lazarus. Could you imagine? How many of us would want to reach up to Lazarus and say, Yo, bro, what was it like to be dead? How many of us would do that? What did you see? What did you feel? What did you learn? What was it like? So I was challenged this morning to play a song about Lazarus, and I really kind of wanted to do that. I couldn't quite uh, bring myself to do that this morning, but I am reminded of another song as well. Uh, one of my favorite artists, Christian artists, many years ago, uh, he catered more to younger people before he was an amazing artist. He made what we call my Carmen. Well, if you all know, Carmen sang a song about Lazarus as well. And in the 
Moses is up there kind of leading this testimony night. And people are standing up saying, let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God did in my life. And I'm like, hey, he's a new kid over there. Oh, it's Riley. Go out over here, Riley, and tell us about it. As soon as you get ready to tell what happened, tell God to work in your life. And all of a sudden, you hear the voice.
just not get an answer. Well, this is the message for you. A lot of times we focus on the resurrection and we miss the details of it. There's a detail or two or three inside this message we need to pick out. Number one, as Mary and Martha and Lazarus love Jesus, they fall upon hard times, they cry out to Jesus. God's got to do it in our time. God's got to do it the way we think it should be done, or else it's 
not right. You know what that makes us? Are you ready? Idol We put God in a box. We put God on a pedestal. We put God upon a mantle. And we tell God, do it our way or don't do it at all. Sending a letter. Lord, he who now loveth is sick. He who now loveth is sick. You need to be here. Can I tell you something else? Lazarus being sick did not have to be He already knew it. He already knew that. That's our second point this evening. There is nothing that catches God by surprise. He's not up in heaven saying, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Oh my goodness, what if they do that? Or what if they do this? Then I think I better start doing that. No, 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 no. Our God has made a plan and that plan will not fail because He's omnipotent. 100%. He doesn't deviate from that plan. He changes up to fit that plan. And when we step out of that plan, He doesn't have a problem putting us back on that plan. Here 
what he would talk about at a table. It would be amazing to walk with him on the road and hear him laugh. And hear him laugh. God does not leave, nor does He ever forsake His children. Amen? He will never leave us. He was there with Mary. He was there with Martha. He had His hands on their shoulders. He had His hands on their hearts. He knows their pain. He knows their grief. He knows your pain. He knows your grief. And He's with you. He'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Even though death still comes, even though pain still comes, God is still with you. He didn't leave him alone at all. He was there. Here comes Martha. In all of her humanism, in all of her flaws, she didn't understand him. Sounds a lot like me. She comes and she says, Lord, have you been here? My brother and my God. We already know he was there. Oh, she's great with you. I will not leave you. I will not.
no problem expecting God to do things in the future. Take a look at the scripture you're going to listen. Lord, if you had been here, Life isn't a product. Life isn't 
resurrection. The resurrection is standing right in front of you. The resurrection you're hoping for. The resurrection you've been praying for. And I don't know about you, but I pray every Sunday morning behind that pulpit. Every Sunday morning I somehow touch on one of these days Jesus Christ is coming back and he's going to take us home because he's the resurrection. Right now.
knows where he is. The point is this. Where have you chosen? It's been going some and see. We already know. Let's take a look at the passage. Verse 35. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible is one of the most debated verses in the Bible. Why? Jesus wept. And let me tell you, there's a beautiful, beautiful scene that you've got there. Why? Jesus wept. One of the ones that strike me the most.
nothing but fire and smoke and brimstone into the pits of hell where we deserve to be, where God said, let's stole the sins and die to tell surely. Thank you. Praise you. 